Hello, hello. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I'm very excited about today's show. We are going to take a deep dive into the love of God, how to be free from orphan mentalities and an orphan spirit, how we could walk in the love of God and how we could identify with his love and walk that out in this world. And so you definitely want to tune in. You want to you want to keep listening and watching right now. For those who are new to Awaken Podcast, we have an episode releasing every Monday on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com. You could also download the Charisma Plus app and we are on there. You could also go to Audible, Spotify, you know, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can tap in there. We are reaching at a two hundred episodes now of Awakened Podcast, and I'm very, very excited about what God has done. And thank you guys so much for sharing the podcast, subscribing, reviewing the podcast. It has been a blessing. It has helped its reach go further and further. I'm I'm always blessed to see what God's doing. How many people this is getting into their hands across the world, not just America, but Africa and Asia and New Zealand and Australia. Just seeing its reach. Um, you can also go to YouTube. You can look up Michael Lombardo. You can go to Awaken Podcast on YouTube and um, there's several hundred hours of free content on there, interviews, teachings that you could tap into on the love of God, the grace of Christ and moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Our hearts um, are to see the body of Christ awaken to who Jesus is, all that he's done, who we are in him, how we could walk this out, the tools available to us in this time, in this hour to really release the kingdom and destroy and dismantle the works of the enemy. That's what this is about. And so I've got um, an amazing man of God on the show with me today. This is his second time coming on the show. He was on a couple years ago. Um, many of you may be familiar with this ministry. His name is Leif Hetland. He is the founder and president of Global Missions Awareness. He ministers globally, bringing an impartation of God's love, healing, and an apostolic authority through a paradigm of kingdom family, which is so, so important and the very heart of God. He has brought the gospel in some of the darkest places in the world, and his ministry has seen over a million souls come into the kingdom of heaven, which is what it's all about. Bring in, you know, that is the that is the reward of Jesus' suffering. To, uh, every single person to know Jesus Christ. And so he has written numerous books, including best-selling books, Seeing Through the Eyes of Love, Giant Slayers, Healing the Orphan Spirit, as well as his most recent book, which we'll be discussing today and diving deep into, which is called The Love Awakening, Living Immersed in the Supernatural Love of God. And so Leif, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm very, very excited. I just got home from Brazil, and I still have that fire burning in me, that, uh, yes. that passion of the Brazilian. And it seems like you have a lot of passion in you, Michael. <laughs> the Brazilians are always full of fire. I love when I was at Christ for the Nations, I was always going to the Brazilian prayer sets because there was always so much fire. And so that's beautiful. I love your heart. You just emanate so much joy, but that really is the fruit of knowing Jesus intimately and knowing his love for you is a life of joy. And so, um, you know, I read, I, I opened up your book You know, I've read, I've read several of your books that I mentioned there in the bio. And so I'm, I'm well acquainted with your ministry. You know, you talk about the love of God in such a deep way and you really, in this book especially, but you talk about in your book encounters, um, well, I'm going to actually pull a quote you said encounters with the father's love are very important for our journey with him. I just, as I was reading through it into in the introduction of your book, that just leaped out at me. And I know you share in your book several encounters with the love of God. And for me, that's that's been my journey. If it wasn't for the love of God pulling me out of darkness and bringing me into his light and 
revealing his goodness and his mercy and his love towards me. I, I don't know where I'd be today. And so I want to I want to start there because God really does have a life of encounter for us with his love. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, yeah. I think that like November 24th, uh, I had the honor of being in the Middle East. Actually, I was in Islamabad, Pakistan, in the capital city. Mm. And I think this was probably one of my biggest encouragement in my life, because after 26 years of going into the Middle East, I was invited to Islamabad. And then I received the International Peace Award by the president of Pakistan. Wow. And on it, it says, as an ambassador of love. That was probably what touched my heart because (laughs) there's been nothing that excites me. Actually, I have the word here in this office where they actually can see it here in the back on this side in the background Mm -hmm. uh, where it says that this is Dr. Leif Hetland from the president of Pakistan. Mm. But it's been so much of my heart. I want everyone in the world, Michael, to experiencing a God just like Jesus. I want everybody to know how good Papa God is and how loved they are. And that's been part of what motivates me, gets me up in the morning. I'm heading to the Middle East this weekend, just came home from Brazil, and I'm going to go into one area where the gospel has never been before, the awesome. darkest places. Yes. Since, since I'm in the light business, my stock goes up every time there is darkness. So it is actually amazing. So I've had about Three major love encounters, I say major one, that shaped me, that changed me, and uh, it took actually and changed even my worldview, the glasses, how I was seeing God, how I was seeing myself, how I was seeing people, including my eschatology, how I was seeing the future. Everything changed through this one love encounter. Oh, wow. Wow. Apostle Paul, well, you, you know, he said that I was compelled by love. And woe is me if I do not preach this gospel. That is strong verbiage, strong terminology there. And he's saying like, I cannot, it's like, I can't stop preaching this gospel. I am compelled by love. What makes an individual want to go into one of the darkest parts of the world where danger surrounds them? It's because we are possessed by the love of God and we feel his heart towards those people and we trust in his goodness that he will be with us and that he is in us and that we have that kind of relationship with him. But even the scripture that that has blown my mind over the years is where Jesus said in the same manner, the father loves me, I love you. Oh man, what a powerful scripture. If we just hung out on that one forever, we'd be good. I think I actually have a chapter just because that was part of motivating me when I wrote the book, the latest one, The Love Awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not just how we're supposed to love one another, but as Jesus had loved us. Mm-hmm. So how do I wash the feet of the Judas in my life when there's betray? Mm-hmm. How, how, how do I wash the feet? Uh, how do I love on a Peter when he's, so you have mm-hmm. certainly people that are betraying you, but also denying you. How do you, so what does love look like? And what does love require of us if we are going to love the way that Jesus loves? Uh, where we say to the radical terrorist, let Barabbas become free. Let me take his place. Mm-hmm. That's pretty radical when Jesus says, as I have loved you. You love one another. And eventually that's how the world is going to see who we are by the way we love one another. But I cannot love you, Michael, until I love me the way that Papa God loves me. And until I have experienced and have an encounter with that love, I cannot give people an encounter because we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. So it's not just to receive. It is going through the process to become love. So there's no any difference between what we believe and what we become. So we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. And this is part of my assignment with this whole love awakening journey that I do believe that 
there, we are in actually, Michael, for a new reformation. The first reformation restored Jesus, justification by faith alone. It was a reformation of grace, 1517. People had to go to a priest before to be able to go to the Father. But then Jesus came, and that was the radical revelation that Martin Luther had provided for us. A reformation transformed culture. Revival changes lives and community, but reformation transformed culture. And then Azusa Street became another birthing point. I believe the Holy Spirit was restored to the world. And both Jesus and the Holy Spirit has always been around, but the restoration of that, where now we saw this outpouring of the Spirit. And I'm so grateful, and both for the world and the spirit for grace and power for both jesus and the holy spirit but for me my journey was there was still something missing and i could have written a book on the fatherhood of god in 1999 but i didn't know papa until i also had an experience of the father's love and that liquid love came up on me in december of 1999 took this norwegian orphan that was living for love instead of from love there was an achiever that did not know how to be a receiver, that looked at Islam as a problem because I didn't see the promise. And God changed me through this encounter, December of 99, and I became a son. And all I do is what I see my father do. So I believe the next reformation is an agape reformation. First was grace, then power. This one is love. And that's how the world is going to see who we are by the way we love one another. And that's why the enemy is attacking. So if you see what the devil is attacking, you can also see on the opposite of what God is up to in this season. Mm-hmm. Well, he's trying to bring fear. The enemy is trying to put fear in the hearts of people all over the world and perfect love casts out fear. But it's, I love what you're talking about. You're saying like, how could I give love if I've not received love? Jesus said, give what you have freely give what you have received. And so many people come up to me and they say, you know, how could I love God more? How could I love people more? It's not by willpower. It's not by trying to love God more or trying to love people more. All those are noble intentions and wonderful qualities. If you want to love God more with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you want to love people as you love yourself or as you, you know, to love your neighbor, like Jesus said, but how do we get there? You know, I tell people like, if you focus on his love for you and you receive his love, that is what empowers us to love him more. It is a response it is not something we do and then we experience God's love. No, it's we receive his love and we're able to love him more naturally and we're able to love others more. It's a beautiful outflow of our lives, but hey, it's it's not it's not always easy to get there. A lot of people struggle with that. They do. And, and I think that even I was just in Brazil where you have an incredible passion, a lot of fire, revival. We had some amazing science wonders and miracles, including yesterday, eight deaf ears was opened up to our team at Sao Paulo airport before we left home. Wow. Uh, I think awesome. that one experience, one of my favorite experience was one father. And I was, I had just been ministering and the room was full of the glory and the presence. And the worship leader in this event is an incredible event for leaders. He was on the floor and I just prayed over him. And one person ran up to the stage and said, I need to talk to you. And he spoke in good English. And I was thinking, this is not a good time. Don't you see I'm ministering to the worship leader? <laughs> yeah. It was very hard impartation, but the glory is in the room. So it's kind of a more personal you and God right now moment. Mm-hmm. But he came, no, I need to talk to you. And he said, yesterday when I, yesterday. And then eventually I came over to him and found out yesterday. And I have the picture here. Uh, he came home. His daughter had severe autism. Mm. And she started to speak for the first time in her life, four years old, had not spoken a word. But when he walked in after he had an encounter, she had an encounter and she started to speak. I just wept. And I just realized 
the power of love or the love of power. What happens when we are suddenly in the presence of a good, good father? And Michael, my experience, what I saw there, that the majority of believers, including where there is revival, have a view of the father that looks differently than Jesus. Mm-hmm. So like one of them, they say, oh, God is holy. And I believe in the holiness of God. But many times what we have is we're telling people you have to be clean to take a bath. You have to do something to have something to become something. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the orphan world. That's the orphan spirit. So then when they started to realizing actually when sin is there, look at Luke 15. It is not that the father has turned himself away from us because he cannot handle sin. We are the ones that are turning away from his love. Because we cannot handle his holiness. Mm. And that's a major difference. So a lifestyle of repentance to change the way you think. There's learning actually to knowing that the father was looking, not away from him. The father was full of compassion, running. This is before repentance. This is why he smelled like a pig. This is why he's practicing his personal speech, that he's heading home, that the father is looking. And the whole story there in Luke 15 is connected that, that they couldn't understand Pharisees and the judicial peoples couldn't describe. They couldn't understand how could sinners and tax collectors, the worst people, wanted to be around Jesus. Because, I mean, if he is who he says he is, and that's how Jesus tells the story. And I think that that's a good evidence for each one of us. If sinners and unpopular people like being around us, we probably are close to the Father. Because <laughs> everything Jesus did is what he see the Father do. So when he touched lepers, it's because the Father is touching lepers. Mm. And so I think that that was the big shift, Michael, in my life. When I realized I suddenly got the Father that looks just like Jesus. And Jesus is perfect theology. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. All I do is what I see my Father do. Everything I say is just what I hear my Father say. Mm. And every act that he did, and many believers have a view of God that is based upon natural father or spiritual father that abused them. And then they do not recognize the Father's embrace. So they are on the way. And they, they may be experiencing the truth, but they didn't realize the purpose for Jesus was not to save us from something, but save us to something. Yeah. And we have a half the gospel. Oh, man, that's so powerful. I think that, you know, when I, when I got saved, I knew God loved me. I, I, I knew deeply that he loved me. Um, I, I had experiences with his love, but there was a lot of striving in my life. You know, the more I prayed, the more God was pleased with me. The more I did this, the more I did that. And I had this... Man, I was I was in Bible school and I was really seeking the Lord. I was reading Song of Songs and God began to ravish my heart through the Song of Songs and I began to realize that he doesn't just love me, but he likes me a lot. He delights in me, that he smiles over me. A revelation of the smile of God over my life and my my paradigm went from and trust me, I believe in seeking God, I believe in being hungry for God, I believe in pursuing God, but my paradigm went from pursue him to he's pursuing me. Seek him to he's seeking me. Hunger for God, he's hungry for me. And it became the foundation of my pursuit. It became the foundation of my hunger because it was about him and what he's accomplished and his heart towards me, not me, what I could accomplish and my heart towards him, which was revolutionary. I began to live in a steady place of his presence being refreshed daily instead of being up and down based on my performance, whether I was encouraged or discouraged, which is huge. Is that, do you think that is a huge core of the orphan spirit, which you tackle and you preach against and you bring the love of the father? Is that, is that really the core of that? 
I think it is the core. I mean, I think it has two different root issues, and you can see it in every aspect of life. One of them you will see is, I mean, you're maybe familiar with my three-chair message, yes, and I know yes. the audience here is not going to, but the, but the biggest thing is that, say, if using the Luke 15 story, we will call that story, that's, of course, we call it a story about the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because religion will rather focus on the failure of man instead of the faithfulness of a loving father. Wow. But the story is actually about Jesus telling this story. I mean, he told three stories, parables. Mm-hmm. But the whole story is about this loving father and Jesus that have two brothers. One is rebellious. One is religious. One of them valued God for what he's going to do for him. Give me, touch me, bless me, fill me. I want my inheritance now. And how he took that value God and he ended up as far away from a Jewish father as you can be. Jesus telling this story about one of his brothers. It was not about a father that had two sinners. I used to preach that, but that's not what the story is. God wouldn't have given his inheritance to two sinners. No, it was a father that gave that to two sons. Now you're dealing with the orphan heart and the orphan spirit. One was rebellious. And then what sin does, the further away from his love you go, the further you get towards the pig pen. Jews don't even eat pigs. And he is eating the food of pigs. So what Jesus is illustrating to the audience how far away from love there is. And he didn't repent. No, he just think about there's a better place in my father's house than a pig pen and smell it like a pig. And he is thinking about when he's coming home. And you can read it clearly in the scripture. But yeah. the one you talked about there is the brother. What we don't see, because we are in a Western individualistic society, while the, the scripture was written in the Middle East, and it is a collective. The culture and the story here about the brother has as much of an orphan heart and orphan spirit. Here I am. I've been out on this field. I've been faithful. I didn't squander like this guy. Look what I am doing. So that spirit is look what I am doing for you. And because if I do, then I have, then I can become. That's the worldview of the religious orphan. So you have the rebellious orphan and you have the religious orphan. And then you have the son, like Jesus, that was in the father's presence. All I do is what I see my father do. So one is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. One was the bad branch. The other one was good branch. And we use it in politics. We use it mask or no mask. We use it in every aspect. We are finding out which one of the two orphans do you like best in the orphan world. Mm-hmm. Are you a socialist or capitalist? One of them, I believe, is a better system in the orphan world, but it is different than the kingdom. And we just have to know the difference. And it is going back to which which branch of the tree of knowledge of good and evil do we eat from? So we choose one is good, but then the other one has to be evil. And if that's in politics, if that's in every other area of our life, like I just talked to the Philippines yesterday, where they just got a new election and the church, similar to what happened in America, is totally divided. Because one of them is the nice prodigal brother that has done all these things right. But the issue is not Jesus. The other one is the liberal this, that, that seems like everything is tolerated. And the church is being divided over the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So one is good and the other one then has to be evil yeah. because they don't know how to eat from the tree of life. And that's the sonship and daughtership, the Abba Father. That's what love looks like. And it is not weak. No, you speak the truth and love. It is perfect love that casts out fear. When you are in this very place, you have authority over what you love. And you have authority over what you weep over. When you're coming from this place, a God that loves this world, now I have authority. If you have the lamb's heart, you can upright like a lion. But when you roar, people will gather and not scatter because it comes from the tree of life. It comes from him. So it's a different worldview and operating system. Mm, yeah. And just like even you know, talking about the tree of life, 
in the beginning, this the first sin that crept in. You talk about this in uh, the Love Awakening as well. But Satan got Adam and Eve to truly believe that they needed to do something to become more like God. When they were just like God, they had everything they needed. They they were they were. He he got them to believe you have to do something more to become more like God. And that and that lie is what is what turned their attention and affection off of their father and onto him. And that's what brought so much sin and death. But it's just it's just man, the the enemy is still doing the same thing to this day. Yeah. He, he does. I, I think that the, the, the root issue, it is not what you do that makes you who you are. It is who you are that makes you do what you do. Mm-hmm. So until we get the proper view of God, if we have a view of God that is pretty bipolar in nature, we are going to live up and down depending on our circumstances. But when I realizing actually that, yes, his love is holy, his love is, I mean, you're looking at him, a God that loves this world. Why don't we love the same world that God loves that he gave his only begotten son? So even in John 17, 26, he, he, Jesus' last prayer, that I believe is his unanswered prayer, his father, father, I have declared your name among them and I will declare it. That the very love, father, that you have towards me, that love is going to be in Michael. That love is going to be in Laith. And then I in them, Christ in you, the hope of glory around you. So Jesus is about to get an answer to his prayer. And the Holy Spirit is making sure that that prayer is going to be answered because this is how we're going to make it hard for people to go to hell and easy for people to go to heaven because they get to have an encounter with a God that looks just Mm -hmm. like Jesus. But to do that, we need to be loved by the same Father that Jesus experienced. That's what he prayed, that that love, Father, that you have loved me is going to be in them. And it's not just Mm -hmm. me trying to make some love, but I need to receive that same love love of the father that knows when I touch the lepers, they become clean. That's a view that he has towards God that gives him the confidence, knowing he has an A plus before he take the exam. That's what Jesus had. Yes. Amen. That's so good. That is the good news. It refreshes the soul. It breaks bondages and chains off of our minds, off of our lives. And, you know, I want to hear your perspective on this. I want, you know, because there's people um, that come up to me and they say, well, I've never truly experienced like, you know, a deep love from God, or maybe they're just stuck in their head and they just, they want to feel his love. They want to know his love more deeply. And I know that you talk about the baptism of love that takes place in people's lives, which I think is huge and a, and a major element of this, an encounter where you're baptized in the love of God. But are there also when people are saying like, well, I've never had an encounter like that before. I've never had a baptism of love where I felt liquid love in my heart. Like many people have spoken about how how can I get there practically? Is it just getting in the word, memorizing scripture, speaking the word over my heart? What are some things, you know, because there's a lot of hungry people out there that I've run into and they're looking for like, give me three steps to get there, you know, and, and that, that does also go against the mentality that we're talking about. What do I got to do to get that goes against that mentality, but people just want some practical instruction because they're hungry. Yeah. Let me first just giving a a little quick framework, Matthew Mm -hmm. 3, 17. John the Baptist baptized Jesus in water. And I know that many people that are watching have experiencing a water baptism. Mm-hmm. This is Jesus showing us an example. Then heaven opened up 
And the dove came down and it remained upon it. It rests upon him, the dove. It's a picture of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like in Acts 1, you should receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Mm -hmm. But then he was also, so you have the second baptism. The first one represents the first reformation. The second one, the spirit. This one was the third one here is that I was missing in my life where, yes, I saw signs, wonders, and miracles by December of 99, I'd seen a half a million people say 300,000 people heal. But on the inside, I had a black hole in my soul. I still hadn't done enough. I still hadn't had a word that says, well done, life. On the inside, I was restless. And, you know, those are the evidences because for the dove to rest, there's rest on the inside. And that's why I believe that the next part became such a key. And that was the baptism of love. This is my This is my beloved. This is my beloved son. Michael, you are my beloved son, whom I love and whom I am well pleased. That's the baptism of love. And I could use a lot of scripture verses, Romans 5, 5, and all that. But it's when we get immersed in the love of the Father. Before Jesus did any sermon, before he healed any sick, before he started his ministry, baptized in water, baptized in the spirit, but then he was affirmed by the Father. He was baptized in the love of his Father. He was immersed in the love of his Father. Then the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tested. And many people, especially in the last two years, has been tested in the wilderness. And the test is going to be, Michael, Leif, if you are a son, you need to do something. If you are a son, turn this rock into bread. If you are a son. But Jesus passed all those three tests. Why? Because he had just been affirmed by the Father. He had just been. And then because of the affirmation of the Father and the anointing of the Spirit, he came out of the wilderness full of the Spirit. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me. And in the middle of bad news, I got good news. And then the next three some years, he changed the world. So I'm saying to the people, the baptism of love either come like sometimes when I pray and I have seen hundreds of thousands of people in some 22 years receiving this baptism of love going from orphans to son allowing the love of God it's like in Ezekiel with a river touching the feet, touching the ankle touching the waist, touching the chest but eventually for them to be drowned in that perfect love because God is love 1 John 4, 16 when they're getting drowned in that love and the love drowns in them, that's when glory is being released, become free and it seems like you're dying, but no, that's actually D.L. Moody described it. Charles Finney described this liquid love. So when you're yes. immersed in his love, suddenly you are free from fear. Whom the sun set free now is free indeed. And free people sets people free. Mm-hmm. At that moment, I can suddenly start to live from love instead of for love. And at that moment, you suddenly can start to be involved in the Father's business to represent a God that loves people so much that he will give his only begotten son. So there's two things here. One, either it is the encounter that you get. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, it is the Father's good will to give every one of his sons and daughters mm-hmm. a fresh baptism of his love. But it either come in a seed format. Mm-hmm. And when you pray... And this is what people are not aware of. Like I was just in Norway a couple of years ago, and in the winter season, it was minus 20 outside. And a group of men came there, and they said, we heard about the baptism of love. Where do we start? I said, would you like a seed of love, or do you want the waterfall of love? And they said, what do you mean? And I think I describe it in the book here, The Love Awakening, the difference of those things. Because I say, if I give you a seed of love, and it goes into your soil, soil, so that you get rooted and grounded in love. Hey, so that you get rooted and grounded in love. 
mm-hmm. Ephesians 3.17. So then you can experience the, the depths, the width, the length, and the height of that love. You're stepping into the fullness of that love. And then the Bible says, so that the fullness dwells in there. Mm-hmm. No longer measure the fullness. He said, I, I like that seed of love. And I prayed for them. And it didn't feel, seven of them felt something, but this one person didn't feel anything. But a seed went in. And then he came to me and was very upset. He said, all this opposite happened. I don't understand. Fear and anger is coming out of me. When I went home to my wife, I don't know why. I said, oh, good. And he said, you are weird. And I said, (laughs) no, I said, what is good is when love moves in, fear comes out. Anger comes out. So let go of it. And he didn't know that he's being transformed by love. So he could be a tree of love. And his wife gets to taste the fruit of love. His children, his workplace now is being changed because from a seed, you're becoming a tree. The time when I hear people having direct fruit right away is like they've been pregnant for nine months with love. And then when we pray, the water breaks and it's being birthed forth. But the rest of them, when they ask the father, it is the father's will. They're getting a seed of love. Now go through the gestation period so you can become love. And then <laughs> allowing the love to penetrate every area and take over from the inside out. So our eyes is love, our ears are love, our hands are love, and we are becoming love just like Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Lord. I, I love that where it's like, hey, well, how come anger's coming out? How come these things are coming out? It's like, hey, love came in. It's pushing everything out. Just give it to God. Just give it to God. And a lot of people don't don't have that kind of mentality, which is essential. It's like even like when you have bad dreams sometimes, it's like it's just something that is in your heart that the Father's revealing and he wants you to give it to he wants you to give it to him so that he could just bring that life and just wash over it. And so I wanna I really feel as you were as you were talking, as such a strong sense of God's love and his presence is here. And I believe that this is an opportunity for those who are watching and those who are listening to truly receive right now. Mm. And whether they feel warmth or whether they feel tingles or whether they feel the love of God um, in a supernatural way or not, it is a moment to, by faith, receive the seed of love and the baptism of love. And so Leif, I would love for you, um, th- I believe this is just God saying, let's, let's do this right now. There's people listening that he wants to usher oh. into this. And so I'm, I'm here, Leif, just go ahead. Father, Papa, <laughs> I just see this beautiful picture again there in Luke, where there is a father just looking and he's looking towards you. The eyes of love, the eyes of love looking towards you. A father that's just been full of compassion towards you. A father that is willing to run towards you, even in your worst moment, that is willing to embrace you and kiss you and to immerse you in his love. It changes everything. And just what you did for me in December 1999 in Melbourne, Florida, at the Holiday Inn, when your liquid love just took this Norwegian Viking and it started to come over me. And waves and waves and waves of love just came over me. And for the first time in my life, I experienced the fullness of the Father's pleasure. And then I heard an audible voice. Some of you maybe not hear an audible voice, but you will hear that inner voice where Papa says, you are my and you are my beloved. <laughs> you are my beloved son. Or you are my beloved daughter. I love you. I love you. <laughs> and I am well pleased with you. <sighs> More. 
the pleasure of the Father, whoa, coming over you right now. Just experiencing any area in your life that is not comfortable with love. Those area is not comfortable with God because God is love. And I'm just releasing for that liquid love to going into those hidden core area in your life and allowing. I'm just sensing even right now. Some of you have been looking in the back mirror, looking at the past, and you've just been carrying guilt. And I just sensing that love is just erasing that road that you have traveled because he placed all of that guilt so that you could experience freedom upon his son. Some of you have been looking in the mirror and you've been listening to shame, and shame has been speaking to you. And the shame always would tell you who, shame would always try to tell you who you are not, while Papa God would always tell you who you are. And I'm here to say shame off you. Shame off you. Somebody say shame on you. Papa says shame off you because Jesus took all of your shame. No more shame. And even looking into the future, I'm just sensing there's many people they're thinking about tomorrow and next and my plans and my dream and they're being overwhelmed by fear. But even as we're looking, I thank you, Jesus, that you are both our past, present, and the future. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I thank you, Jesus, the Prince of Shalom. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Even at this very moment, bringing, whoa, the future of the Father for his sons and daughters, uh, that we are not going alone. It is a father and son and daughter business. And every single day, there's no longer going to be a good day or a bad day. It's only going to be grace days. And sometimes you're going to get a grace to enjoy, other times the grace to endure. But I'm asking even as they're looking into the future, a fear-free future, a future that is just based upon an intimacy with a loving father. And there's the moments where you're just going to be overwhelmed by his love and whatever overwhelms you will shape you. So overwhelm us as we're looking into the future. So free from your past, love for today, and also a glorious future for tomorrow. I just bless you with that. And for the next 30 days, I want you just to look in that mirror and say, Father, I want to see what you see in me. And I put your hand on your mind and I want to think about me the way you think about me, Papa God. Father, I want to feel and I want to love me the way that you love me. What does that look like in every of our life? For some of you, it looks like boundaries. For some of you, it looks like to say no to something. See, think, feel, and then say, and then speak it out loud. You're going to prophesy over yourself 30 days in the mirror. And this is going to be the process. You see in the mirror, see, and think, and then you're going to feel his love, and then you're going to speak. This is what my father says. There's maybe things that is true, but it is not the truth. And knowing the truth will set you free. And free people sets people free. I bless you with that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, I just, I just, if you are, if you are receiving that right now, just say, I receive Abba. I receive Daddy. And I feel like as you say Abba and as you say Daddy, there is many of you right now that have a hard time calling God Dad, Daddy, Abba. It's too intimate. You don't. You, you didn't grow up with a father that you could comfortably call him Daddy or or even Dad or anything like that. You don't have that intimate connection. You're putting the face of your earthly father on the face of Father God. And I just pray right now in Jesus' name that a revelation of who you are, Father. Your gentleness, your kindness, your love, the sparkle in your eye would just flood the heart right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, bring wisdom and revelation of the Father's tenderness and his kindness 
the sparkle in his eye, the smile on his face, and that everybody listening right now would feel very, very comfortable referring to you as their daddy, as their Abba, because that is who you are. So we just break that off of them in Jesus' name, that false paradigm, that lie of the enemy. And I just thank you, God, just wiping the shame away, shame off of you, just like Leif said, and that the love of the Father would just fill them up to overflowing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hard to transition from that. Hallelujah. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to transition from that. Thank you, Lord. Wow. We're just going to live. We're not going to transition. We're going to live in that from this yeah. interview. And so, <laughs> so tell people how they can get a copy of the Love Awakening and how could they tap more into your ministry to find out where you're going, what you're doing. Yeah, my name is Leif Hetland, and you can kind of see that even on the book. This is the latest book, The Love Awakening, and, mm. and it came as a result of uh, the last couple of years. It's kind of a combination book, but when I received the Ambassador of Love Award, that kind of became the birthing point when I knew the timing was to get this out, because part of my heart was for everyone in the world experiencing a God like Jesus, to ordinary people like you and I. So part of what the love awakening is about is, first of all, how how did I go through the process to become an ambassador of love? It was the up seeing the Father the way Jesus saw him, the into experiencing that, and then how to learn how to live it out and starting to getting into the flow of this. So the love awakening, you can find it in pretty much all the bookstores. You can go on Amazon. You can get on LaithHetlandMinistry.com or GlobalMissionAwareness.com. But also on Amazon and pretty much anywhere we have books. We so far have it on Kindle and every different version. It's pretty new out here. And as well as we have some teachings that are out connected to this message we just took 450 people to a master class where we took mm. them on a journey from a seed of love to become love and the transformation was phenomenal we call a blueprint for kingdom identity and take them from a seed of love to becoming a tree of love and all the beautiful processes so that you can become love so that we can then show the world a god that looks just like jesus Oh my God. I love that. There's so many wonderful resources out there. Thank you for being a life poured out for the kingdom of heaven and for really just giving your life to love because love gave his life to you and you are an apostle of love. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. Uh, really is an honor. Always great to talk to you. Thank you so much, Michael. <laughs> I'm going to put a link in the description section so everyone can make sure to tap in. For those who are listening and watching right now, Thank you so much for always tuning in and sharing this with family, friends, your church, loved ones. Um, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, they can be refreshed, they can be awakened by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless you, and I'll speak to you next time on Awakened Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. 
Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you